Hi, I'm Tori. And I'm Hannah. And this is Wait Wait Why. Why. Welcome to another Wait Why Wednesday. We have a fun episode in store for you guys today. We're going to be discussing why we define our identity and talk a little bit about love languages, some Meyer-Briggs tests, the science behind it. And we just got a lot of interesting things in store. But as always, before we start, we'll give you guys a little life update. So Hannah, what's been what's been going on in your life? For life updates, let's see. Um, my stepdad is getting back to town this weekend, which is great. Um, to kind of explain the situation, we have a house in New Jersey. Then we have our house here in Florida. And we've been working on moving out of the house in New Jersey. And so he's finally bringing the last load of boxes here. And he's settling home. So it'll be nice to have him across the way again. And we can spend time together. So that's exciting. He'll actually be here in like a couple hours. Yeah. The moving process is never fun. No. And it's almost, almost finally over. So good things ahead for that um it's just like a relief not to have to worry about that anymore I'm sure yeah yeah it's definitely nice and last step is just getting the house officially sold but really most of our work is done at this point so yeah feels hard work Mm -hmm. um and then Thanksgiving is coming up um I don't have plans for Thanksgiving this year um And actually, I did, like, a little poll on my Instagram stories. I asked, like, a bunch of different holiday questions. And one of them was if you're celebrating Thanksgiving this year or not. And I was surprised that more people aren't than are. Um, So I thought that was an interesting result. But I guess with COVID, you know, a lot of people are stepping back from that. And I don't know if you heard this, but Zoom is taking off their 40-minute restriction. So, uh, yeah, so family gatherings can be longer if you're doing it virtually. Yeah. So there are options out there. If you aren't doing anything for Thanksgiving, it doesn't mean you have to be alone. Yeah, that's really nice. That's really nice. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's such a weird time. So that doesn't surprise me that a lot of people aren't celebrating. Agreed. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's been going on in life? Um, well, I... For Thanksgiving, our plans, I'm just going to go back to my parents' house um, and just have, like, a small Thanksgiving with our immediate family. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Yes. So nothing too, too exciting. We're actually not celebrating on Thanksgiving Day because my sister has to work the following day, so she wouldn't be able to drive home. So we're going to celebrate it on the weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, which we've done before. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just a day we're just going to eat a lot of food. Yeah, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Thanksgiving is kind of a, a weird holiday, too. I agree. I agree. And we're both vegetarians, so. Yeah, we're, we're side gals. Yeah, we are definitely side gals. Didn't even put that question on my poll because I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, not, no need. Yeah, exactly. What about Black Friday? Do you do anything for that? Um, In the past, I have. My grandma, when she was still alive, loved to go Black Friday shopping. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, with my mom. So we would go, me, my sister, my mom, and my grandma, and just have like a little girls night. Um, and we used to like do the stand outside of Target and wait for like the doors to open. It used um, to be fun, but I feel like stores do it so much differently now. Yes. They open the night, they open Thanksgiving night. It's not I know, yeah, the I same like thing. It's not the midnight and there's so many online deals. It's like, yeah, it's totally changed since it, it had more hype back yeah. in the day. I think I'm looking forward to shop small Saturday. Mm-hmm. Always. I'm trying to buy all my presents this year from small or local businesses. And I know that you just did a poll Same. on your Instagram. 
um, of stories or businesses where to buy from. Yeah, so if anyone else has recommendations, you wait why listeners, you know, let us know. We're both shopping small. Mm-hmm. Maybe think- we can post that on our um, info as well on our Instagram page and let you guys know some recommendations where to shop. For sure, yeah. And I just think it's good to shop small this season, particularly with COVID and lack of business in the small shops have been hit much harder and Amazon has had enough of my money <laughs> for now. So I agree. I definitely agree. And also too, I know with the postal service, delays are really um common. So make sure if you're ordering your presents online yeah. and not getting them in person that you do it with plenty of time ahead. Definitely. I've already started Christmas shopping, so <laughs> Me too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um all right, anything else going on? Or ready to dive in? I'm I am ready to dive yeah, in. Same. I'm excited for this topic. Um no more Christmas tangent because that would be a black hole and I feel like we could talk about it forever. So we'll save that for another episode. Exactly. So like we said, we're talking about why we try to define our identities. And we're gonna be talking about in this episode, there's so many different ways and so many different things we could do, but we focused on the Myers-Briggs personality test, which we kind of pulled you guys on Instagram. Seems like a lot of you are familiar with. Uh, love languages and horoscopes. So what do you want to dive into first? Um, <clears throat> gosh, my voice cracks <laughs> at least once every episode. Okay, let's start with Myers-Briggs. Um, just because I feel like it's a little bit the, like the most in-depth. Agreed. So... You can take a Myers-Briggs test if you haven't taken one or if you've taken it before and don't remember what your results were. You can take it at 16personalities.com and we will link that in the show notes for you guys. Um, but that's where we're getting all of this from. And I, I want to start by saying we took this test back in college, Tori and I, and our whole sailing team took it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually like more formally administered because yeah. you can get like certified to distribute like these the test, yeah. The 16 personalities test is not the official Myers-Briggs test, I don't believe. Right, it just yeah. It gives you an idea of what your uh, result is so when we did it we had there was like a proctor I don't know if that's the word but yeah. she was there and she gave it to our whole sailing team and Tori and I got the same results we were both ENFJ yes yeah which is also known as the protagonist so um I remembered that Tori and I were the same but I didn't really remember my results aside from knowing that we were the same thing and so I retook the test and I have a different personality now. Yeah, which is um, interesting because it it's not uncommon to change over time, but Hannah's is pretty opposite. It's almost every res- letter is different, but uh, we can talk about that a little more. Should we talk a little more about the test in general? Yeah, we can. Um, so basically the test, I think, what is it, like 50 questions? Yeah, it's about yeah. 50 questions, and, and you rank on a scale, it's how much you agree or disagree mm-hmm. with these different questions. Um, yeah, and then your results, it gives you kind of like your strengths and weaknesses of your personality, um, how you act in romantic relationships versus friendships, as well as potential career paths, um, and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty wholesome in terms of the results it gives you. Um, but yeah, so that, there is a lot of psychology behind this test. Like, I feel like this is one of the most legitimate personality tests you can do out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of validity to it and Mm -hmm. 
So my personality changed, which is surprising because it happened in such a short amount of time. Like, I, what, I probably only took this test four years ago. Yeah, I would say so. And the other thing is it's very, very different. But I will say retaking it, the questions, um, some of them I just I know that I answered differently because I am going through a period of grief. Yeah. And, I mean, it's hard to answer the questions for anything but what you feel right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if maybe in a year or whenever I feel, like, a little bit maybe more myself, a little more through my grief, mm-hmm. I wonder if I'll find that. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Um, do you want me to talk about mine first and then we can talk about yours just to see the See changes? the comparisons, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, that will be interesting. You'll have to do it, like, a year out from now versus five years out and, and yeah. see. I'm curious, too, as well. I'm surprised that four years later, I, I'm still the same person. <laughs> um, okay, so, like Hannah said, mine is a protagonist, or ENFJ, and so... The strengths of the personality trait ENFJ is that very tolerant, reliable, charismatic, altruistic, and a natural leader. Um, and then weaknesses, which I know everybody loves talking about their weaknesses, um, over, overly idealistic, too selfless, too sensitive, fluctuating self-esteem, and struggle, struggle to make tough decisions. Um, some of these I can like immediately relate to, and then other ones I'm like, ooh, I don't really want to admit that, but I can probably relate to. And yeah. then uh, other ones are like, I'm a little iffy. I'm not sure if I completely relate to, but this is such a large group of people that there's gonna it's going to vary on what you relate to the most. Yeah, and that's the same with, I think, all of these tests and such that we'll be talking about is that a lot of it is kind of interpretation. Everything isn't going to fit you, and it's kind of up to how things can apply to your life specifically because you are this is grouping yourself with like a larger group of people obviously um but that's interesting because I still feel like I relate to a lot of the ENFJ strengths and weaknesses um but to compare those to the ISFP that's the adventurer so you're the protagonist I'm the adventurer and um the adventurer strengths are charming sensitive to others, imaginative, passionate, curious, artistic. Can generally get behind those, I think. Uh, I honestly feel like I relate to the weaknesses more. <laughs> and the weaknesses are fiercely independent, so like independent to a fault, mm-hmm. unpredictable, easily stressed, overly competitive, not so much, fluctuating self-esteem. Dang, that's so interesting because I feel like I relate to those weaknesses more. That is really interesting. It is really interesting. Also, we should probably say what each letter stands for. Right. So, yeah, to circle back. <laughs> so, so I'm an ISFP, which means introverted, observant, feeling, and prospecting. So, as an adventurer, it says they tend to have open minds, approaching life, new experiences, and people with grounded warmth. Their ability to stay in the moment helps them uncover exciting potential. Yes, and I am somewhat similar to that. So ENFJ, which is extroverted. Yes, it's extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Um, and so kind of kind of similar to yours, but I think the only letter we have in common it is, is feeling. That is means feeling, all yeah. of mine change. Yeah, that's really interesting. Except for feeling. 
Um, more on the adventurer, uh, it says, adventurers live in a sensual world inspired by connections with people and ideas. These personalities take joy in reinterpreting these connections, reinventing and experimenting with both themselves and new perspectives. And I feel like I relate to that a lot in terms of who I am in this period of grief and like Mm -hmm. thinking a lot about connections with people and intentions and ideas and things like that. I can really relate to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely see it. And what's interesting too is that since this period of grief in your life, I feel like you've been surrounded by friends and family so often. So it's interesting for you to have switched from an extrovert to an introvert. Yeah. When you've also been most more around friends and family than you have in the past. That's true, but I've I've also only been around the same people. Yeah. Like, I also, have been seeing friends and family a lot, but it's all the same people. Like, I only want to be around my immediate people. Like, yeah. I'm not... No, for, like, making new friendships. Yeah, I I'm, get that. I'm, like, struggling with that, for sure. It's but. like a... Um, introverted extrovert in a sense exactly and also if you think about it I moved down here in May and I haven't made a single new friend I only hang out with people that I already know oh yeah. except my neighbor yeah, except my neighbor except friend. my neighbor but she doesn't even live here full-time so watch she's gonna be listening to this <laughs> yeah well shout out to her I hope <laughs> I hope you do live here full-time because yeah yeah be nice but yeah I really haven't I mean aside from that and I met her she's my neighbor like I haven't really met people um yeah but it's also like global pandemic yeah it's true it's true so but anyway yes and then for ENFJ um the protagonist it says that it's a firm that they're firm believers in the people so people are drawn to strong personalities and protagonists radiate authenticity um, they are unafraid to stand up and speak up when they feel something needs to be said. They find it natural and easy to communicate with others, especially in person, and their intuitive trait helps people with the protagonist personality type to reach every mind, um, which I feel like I can relate to, but yeah. again, it's just so interesting reading this and then now knowing that your personality trait is currently flopped. Yeah. Like, that is the opposite of what we just talked about, so that's really interesting. Uh, but I can see that for you, for sure. You you are very good at communicating, especially in groups and all. Thanks. Yeah. I want to point out the... So the 16 personalities shows adventurers or protagonists you may know. Oh, yes. This is a good one. And I feel like this... I know this is such a basic way to think about it, but this is how I knew how different I was from now to then because the people you may know in my new personality is like Avril Lavigne, Frida Kahlo, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson and I do not feel like I relate to those people a lot but I even remember the ENFJ people you may know were Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, um Maya Angelou, and I just feel like I related to those people so much more. I know that's such a basic way to think about the differences, but that was just one place where I noticed it a lot. I don't think it's basic. I think it just puts it into perspective. Perspective, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Very different different types, for sure. Yeah, so the Myers-Briggs is really in detail. If you go to 16 personalities and you take it yourself, there's so... We could have a whole episode just on this test because you can talk about romantic relationships friendships parent what you'd be like as a parent it can even tell you 
I'm scared to read that. Yeah, I have not read that section. I have not read that. <laughs> um, but like career paths, workplace habits, there's so much. So I recommend taking it if you haven't. Yeah, like I said, I think it's, this is one of the most holistic approaches. And when choosing the three tests that we want to talk about this episode, we wanted to get one uh, different ones that were kind of across the board. So this one's more of kind of our psychological personality traits. And then the next two that we'll talk about are our love languages and then our horoscopes. And it's interesting too, kind of how each test was determined and why they were determined and also like what they're backed by. So like Myers-Briggs, like Hannah said earlier, is more of that like science perspective. Um, Whereas love languages, um, again, there is a little bit of like science and research behind that um but it's also just fun to know as well yeah so there are five love languages and the theory is like everyone has two and the two love languages are how you want to be loved yes so the five are quality time acts of services words of affirmation physical touch and gifts gifts yeah yeah yeah. Um, so what are your two out of those? Mine are quality times and or quality time and <laughs> words of affirmation. Um, and I think also too, I think everybody should take this just because it helps so much when you're in a relationship. And I'm so surprised by how many, well, I guess I'm not really that surprised, but how many men don't have never heard of love language before. Yeah. And the, the good thing about knowing your partner's love language is you know how to love them. Because a yes. lot of times you love the way that you want to be loved. Exactly. But someone else wants to receive love in a different way. And that's why it's so good to know each other's love languages in a romantic relationship. Yes, definitely. Um, mine are physical touch and words of affirmation. So we have one in common. And I think mine are true. I know I didn't take the test that you took recently because I yeah. already knew mine and mm-hmm. I didn't take it um but how did the test work how, like what kind of questions did they ask um, and where did you take it do you remember I'll have to look up where I took it and I can again put that in the show notes and link it on our Instagram perfect too. um but the test was it wasn't that long of a test but it definitely asked some questions that I was kind of drawn in the middle yeah and wasn't sure which way to lean but basically it just says um which way would you like which situation would you prefer and then it gives you two different options and one's like your partner hangs out with you or your partner tells you how great you look that day or something like that um so it gives you two different options and then you take it's probably like about 20 questions so not very long and then at the end it gives you um what your two traits are but mine for me quality time was like 30 percent, and then words of affirmation and the other three were almost pretty consistent so there wasn't like a huge difference in separation between all of them but I do think that they're pretty accurate for me um yeah definitely I would say quality time is like for sure one of my my top ones um so I mean I can see like I can also see how ours are somewhat similar too and that feels pretty accurate for you as well yeah yeah (laughs) knowing you I like to be told that I'm I like words of affirmation. Who doesn't like to be told they're pretty? Come on. (laughs) Just tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. But yeah, love languages are really good to know. There's not a lot to them, really. Yeah. Um, But they're definitely fun. And like I said, I think the most useful 
thing about them is knowing how to love other people in your life by knowing their love languages. And there's also tons of research on this, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, I don't know who studies this, but there are, like, a lot of books on the love languages. Like, you can go into this topic pretty deep if you wanted to. I really only know basics about it, but I think it's a good concept. Yeah, I agree. And this also can apply, too, to friendships as well. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, too. Yeah, yeah, how you can love people in your life Mm -hmm. in general. Um, all right, now for another big one. I think horoscopes is a lot to dive into, but I like talking about horoscopes. So I use the horoscope app CoStar Astrology. Which you also, I just downloaded this week. Yeah, which I just got Tori on too. And they do a really good job of breaking things down and it's pretty explanatory as well. If you don't know a lot about astrology and you want to kind of learn more, they are a great app. You do need to know the time you were born Mm -hmm. for this app. So ask your mom, check your birth certificate, ask your parent, guardian, I don't know. Um, But you'll need to know that. And um, what it tells you is not just your sun sign. The sun sign is probably the one you know is yours. Um, But it also will tell you your moon and your rising sign. So we're going to get into all of that real quick and talk about what ours are. So, and I think too, before we jump in, what's interesting about horoscopes is that unlike love languages and Myers-Briggs, you're not taking a test, so you don't have any input. It's specifically just based on when you were born. Yeah. And it all has to do, if you don't understand like the premise behind horoscopes and astrology, it's basically that the universe, the sun, the moon, the planets, the stars were all aligned in a certain way when you were born. Mm-hmm. And that affects the way you move through the universe for the rest of your life is because as the sun is con- like the planet's constantly rotating, it's always changing. And so where the stars are in position yeah. can affect how your day and your mood and whatever it predicts. So that's like the very, very basic breakdown yeah, of its yeah. premise. No, I think that was a good explanation. Again, it is a prediction. Yeah, so it's just, just a prediction. That in mind when we're talking. Um, but I do think this app, I don't know, I think it does a good job. Um, yeah. So the sun sign, like I said, this is a sign you probably know yourself to be. The sun determines your ego, identity, and role in life. It's the core of who you are and is the sign you're most likely to already know, as I said. So what's your sun sign? My sun sign is Aquarius. And I'm a Cancer. We're both water signs. Woo. I mean, that explains a lot. Yeah, right. Um, so this says that your sun in cancer means you're fundamentally sensitive, nurturing, and gentle. Wow, your sun's so much nicer than mine. Your emotions may seem like a burden to you. You're deeply committed to your relationships and being good to the people you care about. You have trouble with self-discipline. I have always, always related to being a cancer. Like, cancers are very known to be emotional and sensitive, and I am a very emotional person. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily sensitive, I was when I was little, though. I used to cry a lot when I was little. I was that girl, for sure. I mean, so when I was really little, like an infant, I was colicky. So I would cry nonstop. And the only thing that would make me stop crying was were car rides and the vacuum cleaner. That's really weird. You like white noise. Right? So I guess your house is always clean. But to this day, if somebody is vacuuming, there's, there's no way I would fall asleep. It's not That's soothing weird. at all. Okay, I'm not talking about when I was an infant. I mean, like, <laughs> when I was in grade school and stuff. Like, yeah. I was very sensitive. Oh, um, I don't think I cried. My dad tells a story how when the first day in kindergarten, he dropped me off at school. And he was like, 
of course, emotional dad was like, okay, bye. Or like, was like, all right, have a good day. Like trying to hug me and everything. And I just ran away and I was like, okay, bye dad. (laughs) Aw. No, I wasn't like that. Like one time I had, I will always remember this. I was in first grade and I had a bag of goldfish for lunch and I gave one goldfish to everyone in my class. And this one girl asked for another and I said, no, I want the rest for me because they were in my lunch or something like that. And she called me selfish, and I cried and cried and cried. What? Okay, also, let's just talk about this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How cute that you were being so completely fair to every single individual by giving them all Everyone a goldfish. Everyone can have one goldfish. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did not do that. I did the trade. It's all or nothing. See, that was me. I was like cared about others but super sensitive like that is a cancer moment that is a cancer moment (laughs) it all goes back to the goldfish yeah that's i've always remembered that my whole life i was so upset that she called me selfish rude (laughs) okay what about your sense what about aquarius i love how yours is like you see the good in people and like the first thing in mind is aquarius meaning you are fundamentally unconventional and anti (laughs) okay Great, great um comfortable Strain from the norm, your intellectual talent of abstraction is oriented towards pushing the boundaries of what seems reasonable. You carry a lot on your shoulders and have no, and have a need to fight for the underdog, which I feel like is I very see true. that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah, um, it's in your first house, which I don't really understand the houses, but I know Hannah down there you either. I don't know a ton about them. I wasn't gonna really go into them too okay. much. Okay. Yeah, um, but if you're interested, there is a lot of stuff on it, and you can absolutely look it up yeah i don't the houses are way more complicated yeah um (laughs) so mine says it's in your first house meaning you feel the need to distinguish yourself from others through yourself and self-image and because it's in your first house your son in aquarius is hyper present in your personality so just meaning it's like a dominant trait yeah um Um, my part i skipped that my 10th my um son is in my 10th house Okay. Meaning, I feel the need to distinguish myself from others through goals, success, and responsibility. Nice. It's it's so interesting. I think that <clears throat> some of this stuff is, um, like, some of it I'm not always super related to, but other things I'm like, wow, that, that was it. Like, nailed it. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is where it gets more interesting. So... Your moon rules your emotions, mood, and feelings. This is likely the sign you think of yourself as. Which is Most. so interesting because my moon is in Cancer, which is what you are. That is interesting. My moon but is I in... I do not think of myself to be, like, emotional. So it says this is... It reflects your personality when you're alone and deeply comfortable. Okay, so... So, I'm like, al- this, is the, this is the side of you most people, like, do not see. This is who you are by yourself. Okay, okay, okay. This yeah. makes more sense now. Um, so my moon is in Aries, meaning your emotional self is independent, independent, energetic, and enthusiastic. You have a tendency to feel inadequate and overcompensate just because failure is a possibility. Ooh, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> that just hit a little deep. I know, right? Love. Sometimes it's like fun learning about yourself, and then other times it's just like, uh, that's too much. I don't want to know that much. Okay, and then it's in my seventh house, meaning you find security and safety through close relationships and long-term partnerships. That is so true. I was just saying I only I only have the same circle of friends, yeah. and that's, like, all I want. Wow. Just kidding. I love new friends. I'm not – I'm looking for new <laughs> so friends. So nobody reach out to us. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to sound <laughs> closed off. I love new people. Talk to me on Instagram. I'm great. <laughs> I'm, I have a great online presence. <laughs> Talk to me through a screen where I can take hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need, I need the barrier. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, let's go into your moon. 
you're like, please change topic. Let's change the topic. <laughs> okay, so um, my moon is in Cancer. So the moon rules your emotion. Okay, Hannah, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> your moon is in Cancer, meaning your emotional self is sensitive, thoughtful, and empathetic. You have a tendency to feel like a martyr and uh, and secretly fear being abandoned by those you love. Oh. You often have trouble letting things go and feel like an emotional wreck. Sweet. It's in your sixth house, meaning you find security and safety through routineness. Mm-hmm. I see that. So, basically, like... I see that last part more than a lot of yeah. the other, but this is who you are on your own, you know? Yeah. I might not know you as a Cancer very much. But I do see Cancer-like qualities, because I do feel like we're so similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so you're a rising or ascendant sign. Okay, this one is... It just gets more and more interesting, your ascendant is the mask you present to people. Wow. It can be seen in your personal style and how you come off to people when you first meet. Some say this becomes less relevant as you get older and depending on when you're born. So this is why it's really important to know when you're born. Yeah. Your rising time changes every two hours. So you need to know the exact time you're born because if you're like a couple hours off, it changes your rising. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what that means. So I'm an ascending Libra which means I come across as compromising, courteous, and fair-minded, though sometimes passive-aggressive. You seemed inclined towards balance in all forms, aesthetic, romantic, and judgment. Is that how I come off? I don't know. It's, I'm put together, fair, yeah. but sometimes passive-aggressive. I am sometimes passive-aggressive. I try to work on that. Well, I get so irritated. Sometimes yourself. I, well, because when I get agitated, mm-hmm. I get passive aggressive for sure. Yeah, I mean, I do as well. It's hard not to be. And like sometimes it's like when I'm agitated for no reason, I'm like, okay, I gotta keep that in check. Yeah, <laughs> I have a tendency to misdirect. Yeah, 100%. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do that though. It's easy yeah. to. Cause some, easy. Yeah. All right, what about yours? So mine is in Capricorn. Um, some say it becomes. Okay. Gosh, I keep reading the same part that you are. Just skip down a little. (laughs) I did, but it was still not enough. Okay. It changes every... God! Okay, your ascendant is in Capricorn, meaning you come across as conservative, serious, and rational. Perhaps even grave. You seem to make decisions in a responsible, practical, and prudent way. Your ambitions may come off as opportunistic. I feel like some of that is true. I do But it also makes me just seem grave. I don't know. No, that's the extreme of it, but I do think when people first meet you, you do come off as, like, somewhat serious, and you have an intimidation about you. Like, you just seem very well put together, and it comes off strong. I can see that. Okay, I guess. This is first impressions, though. Yeah. That can't... Tell me you've never gotten that first impression. Oh, my God, I get that. People tell you you're intimidating all the time. Yeah. But I swear I'm not. I feel like I'm so nice. You are, you are, but this is how this is how you first come off. Interesting. All right, so there's so many more we can go into. You actually have a sign for every planet. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will say is when I say that I am a Cancer, I have three of my planets in Cancer. Three, yeah. Out of how many do we? How many planets are there? <laughs> well, all the planets plus a rising and yeah. a moon and a sun. I don't know. Wait, math? <laughs> 11 total. Okay, so there's 11 and I have three in Cancer. And then I have... I, that's the only one where I have that many. I have two in Capricorn, three in Cancer. But I'm definitely a Cancer Cancer. Yeah. I have three in Capricorn and two in Aquarius. Wow. Wow. 
Interesting. So, yeah, this was all on the CoStar Astrology app. I would definitely recommend. I know there are other apps out there. Someone recently recommended to me Time Passages, which I haven't gotten into a lot, but it goes super duper in depth. If you're really into it, that's an app for you, I would say. Um, Yeah, for me, I more so like learning about the charts than I do my daily horoscope. Because I just am not able to relate to my daily horoscope as much. And I've only had this app for a week. So I've been looking at it for probably maybe like eight days now. Yeah. Um, But I will say the one thing that I don't like about the horoscopes is that it also tells you your strengths for the day. But it tells you your weaknesses. And if I get up and I read my horoscope in the morning and it's like you're going to struggle with anxiety today. Or you're going to struggle with funny motivation. It's like. Okay, now I have that thought, yeah, that mindset, and I don't want to go into the day with that mindset. So that certain aspect I don't necessarily love about it, um, but it is interesting just to see the relationship. And I will say, this is something our friend Lindsay said to us um, when we were talking about horoscopes. We were just talking about this last weekend Mm -hmm. with her, and she said this, and I totally agree, the one thing horoscopes definitely do, whether you believe in the science, you think it's junk science, you think it's real science, yeah, whatever you think, horoscopes do give you a very good way to talk about your emotions. Yes. Because it gives you the language for it, and that's what I really like about horoscopes in this app, and I think she yeah. put it really well. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And if anything, it just starts to provoke that thought, a deeper thought process of yourself and the relationship exactly. with self. Exactly. And even yourself in the universe, if that's how you want to think about things. Because I know I think about myself in that context a lot. Yeah. Which is very uh, ISFP of me. (laughs) Yeah. And even, I think, and we're going to talk a little bit this more about this. Actually, it's our next topic, but kind of the science behind things. Um, And so when we get a label attached to us, it, like I said, it provokes that thought of how we identify and whether or not we agree. So without getting that label, we wouldn't have to question if we think we do agree with that or disagree. Exactly. So it helps us fit ourselves, you know, into groups and boxes. Whether we disagree or we do agree, it helps us identify more ourselves. Yeah. Like in mislabeling ourselves, it actually internally strengthens our self-label. Exactly. If that makes sense. Exactly. I totally agree. Which is really interesting. Um. Yeah, so do we should get into the science behind it because basically what we thought about is we all we do all these quizzes and things and they help us identify with a group and so we're wondering why do we strive to do that because that's really what all of these things are doing are putting us into groupings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked into that a little bit and I found that there's a social identity theory. Um, that was proposed by Henry Tajfell, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I think so. Um, and basically, he proposed that groups in which people belong to were, are an important source of pride and self-esteem, and that groups give us a social identity and a sense of belonging in the world that in turn helps us identify ourselves. So kind of what we were already saying. Yeah. But yeah, and he even goes into the way that we either identify the differences between our groups or the similarities of things in the same group. So that's more of identifying what you do and don't relate to and helping you identify that self-label like you were saying. Yeah, that makes sense. And this is so, like, such a wide range 
it's applicable to so many aspects. Yeah. And there's so many avenues you could take it to. Yeah. And it just goes back to, I guess, that's the thing as humans. Like, we're so social and, like, needing to group ourselves socially. But, I mean, if you read into this a little more, there's obviously to a detriment that we do that because that's how, yeah, you know, issues like racism and religious wars and all that come up. But, mm-hmm. in general, grouping helps us to define ourselves and is ultimately an important process in defining ourselves is what he's saying. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, if you go to, like, a networking event, how do you introduce yourself? I'm just curious. Like, what do you say? Like, if I was to walk up to someone and just be... Yeah, like, I'm Hannah Knight, and, like, what, what do you say is, like, your defining characteristic? Like, how do you define yourself? Uh, I guess I would say, normally, in the past, when I've been at things like that, I'd be like, hi, I'm Hannah Knight, and I'm a master's student with Johns Hopkins, working okay. on a writing degree or something. But now yeah. that I've finished, I'd probably say... Hi, I'm Hannah Knighton, Johns Hopkins alum, freelance writer currently, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I know, I just put you on the spot. I find myself doing the same thing, though. I mostly, because, well, I'm in grad school now, so I haven't really introduced myself as a grad student, um, but I normally identify by my work. Yeah, same. Same. Which I mean, especially, yeah. well, I feel like the question made me think of a formal event, yeah. like something like that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would, I would want to lead with my title, like what I do, yeah. I guess. yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense when a lot of those situations and networking events were in a work setting. Yeah. And, and you want to try and find people that you can benefit from. So you want right. to try and group yourself with the right people. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. And we do devote so much of our life to working. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we use that as the determinant or the defining identifier. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to think about how we do that. Yeah, that was an interesting Because there's so many different ways that you can define yourself. Yeah, I mean... Certainly. Hi, I'm Hannah, cat mom. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Could you imagine? Right? Oh my gosh. You keep saying I sound more and more like I'm <laughs> identifying as a crazy cat lady. It's, I mean, it's true. That was literally your second thought under your, it was your profession. Just the, it was just the first thing that came to mind as I looked around. I was trying to think of another quality. Like, Hannah Knight, an avid reader, currently. Yeah. Currently reading avidly. How about you? <laughs> My status would be avid. I don't know. I feel like it's almost weird to say. Yeah. Any- like certainly not in a social setting. Yeah. Would I say any of that? But that's interesting. Yeah. And then, and if we don't define or identify ourselves, we just let our personality and who we are, like our interactions speak for that. Yeah. And then allow that person to come up with their own determinant. Yeah. Then that, yeah. Even if we don't group ourselves someone else is gonna group us yeah because interesting that is so interesting I wonder yeah I wonder how much defining or like saying your profession right off the bat or whatever you identify as your identifier I wonder how much that impacts their perception of you so when like they're whoever you're meeting if this makes sense (laughs) yeah no I'm following yeah whoever you're meeting so like when they think about like Hannah that I met at that social networking event the other day like I wonder if they associate, oh, she's, like, a scientist, blogger, or, like... Yeah, well, probably, because that's the first thing I said next to my name, yeah. right? That's what they would remember. Yeah, as and then to, oh, that's, she was that girl wearing the yellow dress, or whatever. Yeah, and then, also, I think, depending on what you lead with, they're going to group you as a professional, as opposed to if I was, like, hi, I'm Hannah, I'm a cater waiter here, they'd be, like, okay, she's a service worker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do, and it, like, sets the tone for the conversation going forward, like, how you're going to be taken seriously, which... I find really important too, especially being a young woman. Yeah. Um, See, that's the other thing I probably lead with my career because what else do I want to be known as? Like, right. 
as a woman, that's what I've worked hardest for. Right, exactly. And I feel like sometimes it needs, like, I feel I need to sometimes overcompensate or lead with that so I can, like, just get the normal respect. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to group identity, and it has a lot to do with how we portray ourselves and how we think about ourselves ultimately. Like, social categorization is ultimately part of who we are and how we yeah. see ourselves, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the social aspect of life is just a lot more than we think sometimes. Yeah, It has a bigger influence on who we are. Yeah, that's so interesting. So let me also ask you this. Like, in a group setting, you know, when you have friends or friends of friends who haven't necessarily been met yet and you're maybe talking conversation with them, they've met them one time and you're trying to refer to them, like, what would be, like, how would you describe me to a friend? So there's, like, one way that you introduce yourself, like, but if I was describing Hannah, like, oh, you know my friend Hannah, like, she's the one who has the glasses. I would probably describe you, I mean, if you were there, I would describe you physically. Right, I feel like it mostly goes back to physical description. Yeah, I mean, I would be, like, long blonde hair, I knew you were going to say, I knew you were going to say long hair. That's so funny. Also, though, I feel like, I don't know, I don't know. I just feel like in group settings where that's been the case, everyone knows who you are anyway. Yeah, but, like, how I just met... Your high, like, your group of high school friends that came over. Oh, yeah. So just, like, so some situations where you just need to... Certain scenarios where you're trying to describe... Yeah, that's true. Brief encounters. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, so aside from, like, why we strive to group ourselves, the other question that came up is why do, why do we like taking quizzes so much? Why do we like yes. doing these things? Because... Think about BuzzFeed and, like, all the quizzes on there. Tell me you've never just done one of those or... Oh, you were even saying, like, the Snapchat ones. Like, which Disney princess are you or whatever. (laughs) It's just, like, why do we like... Why do people like those so much? I know everyone. Mostly everyone who's listening. You guys have taken one of those ridiculous quizzes before. Um, But, so, Huffington Post came out with an interview with Summer Ann Burton, who is BuzzFeed's managing editorial director... And they interviewed her and asked her several questions, like, why are these BuzzFeed quizzes quizzes so popular? popular? Um, And so she explained that there were several several reasons, goodness, um, as to why they were so successful. And the ones that were guessing the desires or a specific attribute of the individual who was taking the quiz were the ones that were most successful. Um, and strangely enough, one of the biggest, most popular quizzes they had was what friend's character were you from the show Friends? Why does that not surprise me? No, and I feel like probably some of you guys have listened have probably taken that. Or that I bet you that's up there with which Harry Potter character are you? Yes, yes. And then a couple other were, are you a dog person or a cat person? Um, so it's interesting because they say if it relates to kind of that fandom, that... Um, it tends to be a little bit more successful, but it all stems to essentially validation. So we read the title of the quiz, we already come up with an answer in our head, and then we're taking the quiz to see if it matches our thoughts. So we have some That's kind of validation. That's so true. Tell me right? you don't go into every quiz hoping you get a certain Exactly. Answer. You're like, I want to be Rachel from Friends. <laughs> I'm going to take this. And then when I get it, it's like, oh, hey, look, Hannah, like, I was Rachel. See? So or you get a response you don't want and never tell anyone. And then you're like, the oh, quiz. my app stopped working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bummer. Um, so it just stems back to getting that validation. So we already have that 
preconceived idea of who we are which is interesting i so believe that so we want to encourage you guys to take some of these tests we are going to put the 16 personalities test we will remind you about the um horoscope app that you can find that stuff on mm-hmm. and tori will find the love languages quiz that she yes. took we'll have all of that for you we want you to take a test post your results on your story and tag at wait why podcast and we will be sharing the results on our instagram we are hoping that by sharing all your guys's responses maybe you can connect with some similar people whether mm-hmm. you have the same Myers-Briggs or the love languages. It would be nice to just throw a big community of people together by sharing our test results. And yeah, we think it'll be a fun thing. So take a test, tag us. We're excited to see all you guys and see what you guys are. See how we relate to you too. Yeah, definitely. And if it's something that you were expecting or if it's a complete surprise, um, let us know too because it would be really interesting to see if it's something that you find helpful or align with or it's just completely crazy (laughs) yeah we want to chat with you guys about these so yes so that's all for today's episode thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time